What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to A Certain Point of View, our Schmodown podcast. We are talking everything in the movie trivia Schmodown. I'm your host, Jake Berlin, and I'm joined today by my regular co-host, Mr. Brian Avlacino. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have some Very good time today. Um, yeah, so we have, we have a uh, couple cool things to talk about today. The main thing is that we're running over the most recent match in the Schmodown, and that is the IG match between Robert Parker and Ace Cabrera. Um, the dungeon versus swag, but it's not our normal discussion today because we are joined by the spider himself, Mr. Robert Parker, to talk his match. What is going on, sir? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks so much for having me on. This is great. Of course, of course. We're really excited to talk about this. Um, we recently did this with Star Wars competitor Sean Sullivan. It went really well, and we felt like it was the perfect thing to talk about because we both love IG. And um, obviously, your name has been talked about quite a bit in the Schmodown over the last couple months. Just a little, um, <laughs> yeah, just, just a little bit, just a for little better bit. or worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, just like I like I uh, I started off with Sean. I wanted to ask you, um, what is it about the Schmodown that has you so enticed by it? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I started watching in 2016 ish, somewhere around there, season three. Um, and I've like I've always loved movie trivia, like not necessarily specifically IG, just like movie trivia in general. But the a lot of the movies that I've always loved that I grew up watching, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, a, a lot of the movies that like I was obsessed with as a kid happen to be IG movies. Uh, so those are the ones that I watched hundreds and hundreds of times that I knew really really well. Um, so that's kind of what got me into. IG specifically, but the Shmoda in general, I just think the concept is so great. Like, it's a sport of movie trade. You know, it's not a physical sport, but it's people who take the game very, very seriously. And it's super entertaining. It's something that people can obsess with. It's people that, uh, it's something that the fans really can, like, put themselves in those scenarios more than a traditional sport like football or basketball. Like you, you can't really say, Oh man, what if I was like, you know, on the Patriots or something like that in the football team. But you could say, Oh man, what if I was on the rock stars or something like that? Like it, it's a little bit more in the realm of reality for the viewers, which I find to be really interesting. Maybe my mic's not on. There we go. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. I think that's there a great reason. Uh, definitely different from what we've heard from a lot of other uh, competitors that are kind of in the space. Um, you're one of the few people who have entered the league who are a true fan of, yeah. of the league of the Schmodown before everything kind of went, you know, started happening. A lot of Kevin Smets, um, your fellow faction mm -hmm. mate. Um, yeah. so it's a very cool perspective. Uh, Brian, I know you had a question uh, specifically that was related to earlier this year. Do you want to go and ask that real quick? Sure. Um, I was I was curious. How surprised were you when you went in the second round that early, <laughs> that that fast? Look, I I was more shocked than anybody, and that's saying so because obviously, like fans and you know podcasters and other players and other uh, managers, like everybody was shocked. But I was more shocked than anybody. Um, I knew going into the draft because like there had been talk on SCN, which not a lot of rookies had gotten. And there have been talk in Facebook pages, which not a lot of people have gotten. And the fan leagues have a good track record as far as people have gone from the fan leagues. So, you know, I was aware of the hype. Like it, I wasn't letting it go to my head or anything or to my ego, but I definitely knew that it was there. And I knew certain managers were aware of me and were going to try to get me early ish, but that early, I never would have guessed like ever. Uh, and especially Wait. by Kaiser as well. Like, 
that's that, that's you just led into my second one, which was how surprised were you that it was it was Kaiser in the dungeon and yeah. Yeah. I Kaiser like I I made a list. I was actually so this is kind of a funny story. I was uh Draft weekend, I was staying with Smets. I was actually crashing at his place because I'm obviously not from L.A. Uh, yeah. I, I travel in for these things. So I was uh, staying with Smets, and uh, him and me and Frank Janish went out the night before the draft uh, for a couple of years and for some dinner and stuff like that. And we were chatting, and I, like, I, I, I kind of ranked like which managers I would want to end up with. And my number one who I would really, really, really want was Kaiser, but he was very low on like my realistic mm-hmm. list of like who would actually get. Like, I didn't think he would draft me his Smets. Like, why you have the IG champion? I'm an IG specific player. Like, why, why would you draft me? Like, I didn't really get it. Yeah. Um. And Fair. then, I, so I was super shocked when it happened. Apparently, like Smets told me the next day that like he like had had it planned for like a couple of weeks, and he was just like messing oh. with me by asking me. Yeah. Uh, he told me that he and Kaiser had a plan for a little while, but that's like, I, I never would have guessed it would have been with him. But after he, like, I was even confused after, like, the, the little interview that I did with Jen. I, like, went and talked to him. We chatted for a little bit during the draft. And I, like, I basically said why uh, in yeah. better words than that. But he was, he broke it down for me, which, I mean, it's not ideal for the place that the world is in right now um yeah. but a, as far as like uh points wise you know you get a ko and ig that's four points smets did you know three of those in a row before he got to a really big match if i can do something okay. similar that's a lot of points that you can rack up very quickly so from a point standpoint it really really made sense to me plus were... obviously go ahead go ahead oh well we, we i was gonna say we were... i ramble so interrupt me by no, you're good, you're good. no 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 we just said on our reaction um for the longest time we've been we're like, we've been wanting the dungeon to kind of pick up, right? They've, you guys have had matches. You guys have been struggling a little bit with some of the newer mm-hmm. players. But then as soon as your match happened and we saw the result, we thought to ourselves, we go, wait a second. He has both Parker and Smets. If they can do this every time, they are right back in the race of things. Mm-hmm. And so while the plan may be a little wild and very Kaiser-like, <laughs> it could easily work out in your guys' favor. Yeah, it's definitely an unorthodox plan. Uh, to obviously like seeing as he had the 10th overall pick and he went with me like a rookie who's never played a Schmodown match uh, who you know an IG exclusive player like that's not really like a by the books pick when if you look at the other people who were available at the time you know you had a Lon Harris available you had a uh, Paul Preston available you know you had you had these other players that you could have gone with but he took a chance on me and I was super appreciative of that and I tried to pay that back and my first match and all my matches to come uh but yeah it was it was a big shock and you get it once you hear it but like just you know on draft day when you see him make that pick it's so confusing and you just Mm -hmm. don't understand and i was right in that boat with everybody else as we were as we we, we were sitting back there we 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 were shocked as much as everybody else was we had we were lucky enough to be there and kind of see everything go down. And when he said your name, we could not believe just because, like you said, it was so high. Not to yeah. mention, but he, that's also the pick that he traded for like a couple days earlier. And so we were not expecting yeah. him to go back to back IG players. Yeah, me either. Uh, he he had traded up. Like I think there's one other player that had they been available, they were already drafted. Had they been a player available, I think Kaiser would have taken them. Um, but 
the fact that they were already drafted a few rounds before and he had traded up for that spot, which that was a really smart play. Like you heard him talk about it on backstage like the week before the draft or something like that. But he was basically like, oh, you know, Smets is locked in. He has to be my number one pick. Mm-hmm. So I want to pick in the second round as quickly as possible. Right. So it, it made sense for him to trade up on that. Why Burnett took it. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> Why but, does that that but I, yeah, that applies to many different situations. Uh, but ultimately, I'm glad he did because it probably wouldn't have worked out the same way. Yeah. Had, where had, do you had, think, had Kaiser not traded up. Where do you think you probably would have landed had Kaiser? Where would you have liked out the dungeon doesn't exist? Where would you have liked to? Yeah, who, who, who would have been your second or third choice if you had the Sure. Option? Um, so I think a lot of managers were obviously dubious either they didn't know who I was or they had heard my name, but like, that's it. They had never met me. They had never talked to me. They didn't know anybody who had met me or talked to me. You know, I had never met Kaiser before a draft. Oh, that's not true. I met him at a collision very briefly, but I'd never really like spent time with Kaiser before draft day, but I had with Smets. Um, so like that connection definitely helped me go to the dungeon. Um, I think, like I said, there's a lot of managers who wouldn't have paid me any heed just because I am a rookie, IG exclusive, not in the LA area, all that stuff, and all that stuff should factor into it. Um, I think I probably... Cows is my ride or die. The dungeon is like my family. But <laughs> if, if in some hypothetical scenario, I absolutely could not have ended up with them, I think I really would have liked to, and it would have been likely that I would have ended up with either Roxy or Shannon. I can see uh, Roxy for sure. I think those yeah, are the two. Too. I think those are the two most likely. After that, I think Sam might have been likely because I knew that Rachel knew me and I had talked to Rachel before. Um, so I think those are the three most likely. But yeah, I and I would have been happy with any of them. I think the whole manager thing is really interesting because each manager brings something different to the table and each player needs something different from their manager. Um, and I think Kaiser works really well with like what I need from a manager. And I think that Roxy and Shannon would have been that same thing for me. It would have brought that, uh, what I need from a manager. I think they would have brought that as well. So I, I, again, Kaiser's my ride or die. If I have to pick somebody else, I would have been, no, you're I in think a perfect I spot. Exactly. I think it would have worked well in either of those two factions had I not ended up with Kaiser. No, it's not just yeah. not just because of Kaiser, but it's like you mentioned also because of Smets. Like having him there yeah. as you know a right hand man with Kaiser, and then also kind of helping you along. And it's been mentioned a couple, uh, a couple different times since your match aired how you guys have like you know been testing each other back and forth and everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems to be working out really well on that side. Yeah, we call it dungeon reps. Uh, that's I don't know why, but we, we go. We, it's like we're working out together, man. It's like we're spotting each other, uh, doing like it's just like we're in the gym together, and we're, you know, it's like we're boxers and we're sparring each other. And who better to spar with than the champ? So it, seriously, it's worked out really well. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. Brian. You got another question before we get to the match? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, no, because mine technically go in towards the match so uh, perfect I'll perfect leave, let's go ahead and get going on this thing because this is going to be a fun one to talk about so um yeah i mean like we mentioned up top uh your match your debut match has been teased and anticipated quite a bit over the last couple months like you said um uh, for better or for worse um and they finally came with everything going on and i know a lot of fans outside of us have been looking forward to this for a long time um and i believe this might be on your list brian but what were you know 
you know, match day came. Did you have any nerves going up to the desk, seeing the lights for the first time as an actual player? Oh yeah, I, for sure. Uh, I mean, anybody who doesn't get nervous, I don't think takes it extremely seriously or maybe they process it differently, but I get very nervous before that kind of stuff. I get nervous before every stand-up set that I do. I, I get nervous in big scenarios. I like public speaking, but I get nervous doing it. Um, and I think the nerves definitely showed, especially in round one. After round one, when I got Kaiser there to coach me between the rounds and just like help me loosen up a little bit, you know, just like a boxer, you know, fix up the footwork a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Once he helped, once Kaiser was in there whispering my ear between rounds, I definitely loosened up. I took a breath. I relaxed and the nerves didn't show as much, but of course I was nervous um, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, there was a lot of hype and that hype means a lot of pressure. And that means if I don't rise to the occasion, I am embarrassed and Kaiser looks like an idiot and all of these things. And obviously like, I am confident enough in my knowledge to say that I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, but I, I was definitely nervous. I knew that I had a lot to live up to and I was able to turn those nerves into motivation. All I said was, you know, everybody out here who's like, oh, I hope he falls on his face is the most overhyped thing in the world. Let him play a match, blah, blah, blah. I hope he loses just because of the hype. I just imagine myself playing against that person for the entire match and saying, well, joke's on you. So that's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. a good way to look at it for sure. Unfortunately, your opponent was like one of the nicest people. <laughs> so Dude, really... the yeah, he really was. We <laughs> talked very, very briefly before the match, like right before I got in costume, right before like I kind of put on my headphones and like zend out in the corner. Me and Kaiser just like sat in a dark corner and I was just, playing music and stuff like that before like i really got into match mode about maybe 45 minutes before we went on i got to meet ace and he's the nicest guy in the world yeah so i felt like, <laughs> he seems like it. yeah he, he's the nicest guy in the world we had like a quick chat about like star wars and harry potter like we we talked about geeky stuff and i talked to him about his show and like all this stuff so really really nice guy uh and it's definitely hard to uh see like the people who are ragging on him for this match because he really didn't play that bad he mm -hmm. just got uh, a category that he wasn't comfortable with or questions that are deeper than he was expecting in a category that was probably mid-tier for him. And, you know, I obviously wasn't going to, like, take my foot off the gas once I got Spinner's Choice and all that kind of stuff. I uh, not mean to jump too far ahead, but... No, you're I, good. You're I, good. I, I played how I wanted to play. Obviously, like, how, how can you say you, like, wanted to play any better? Not to, like... <laughs> Not, not to be that it's guy. True. Really. I, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I felt really, really good about how I played, and I felt bad that it had to come at the expense of Ace, especially seeing all the comments and stuff like that. Um, because I think he's a really good geek mind, and I think if he gives, if he's given another chance against another 0-1 competitor or another debuting competitor, I think he's going to come out and turn it around and shock a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I think he thought that as well. I and mean, and we'll get to it, but the post interview, he he just he basically said like, "Look, I didn't have it, and I ran into someone who actually had it today." And that's the game. That's just how it works. So, um, but going back to your nerves, um, it definitely yeah. didn't show in the first round because you went perfect. Mm -mm. You know, you went for yeah. 11 for 11. And I got to say, man, I mean, it was definitely impressive. Um, we can touch on it, but I wanted to ask, is there any question in there that you can think of or remember that was like, ooh, that was a tough pull for me? Um, the, the nerves didn't affect my gameplay. I made sure they didn't, but they definitely came across on my face a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but you're, you're right. I didn't, I made sure that they didn't affect my gameplay, which I think is something that I was successful in doing. 
Um, as far as the questions in round one, a few of them I had recognized from previous. Obviously, this season they're recycling questions. Yeah, so a few of them yeah. I'd recognized before. One of them there actually needed to be a replacement question. It got cut. So I don't want to talk yeah. about it too much, but oh, interesting. There, there, okay. there was a question that was asked that was asked in a very recent match, got uh, it. like very recently. Um, so that one got recycled and actually got replaced with one that I thought was the hardest to run one, um, which was the Spider Verse question, the Oscar Isaac. Uh, obviously, oh, okay. like okay. that, I, I I knew it relatively right away. Like as soon as they said who voiced Spider Man twenty ninety nine, like yeah, I knew it. But to you know, somebody who just saw that movie once, or even mm-hmm. somebody who's seen that movie three times but has never looked on IMDb, like that, yeah. it's not a recognizable voice, and it's the post-credit mm-hmm. scene. Yep. So it's it's a little bit that that's a kind of a tougher one for round one. I'm glad that they're throwing those tougher questions in there. Um, I'm definitely glad that they're doing that in round one in IG because I think IG is the place for that. But I think that was probably the most obscure poll. Um, of the 11 in round one. Yeah, that's Here that's one I of the ones that we're going to... That's I was Go just going to say, it's one of the ones we knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and again, if you, if you looked on Wikipedia, if you looked on IMDb, or if you've like had a conversation with somebody about Spider-Verse, you probably know that. But if you watch the movie two, three, four times to study yep. the plot of it, and you don't do that little bit of extra research, um, you don't recognize that voice, probably. You probably don't recognize that voice unless you've seen every Oscar Isaac movie. That's true. There's that a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the the spider Lord of the Rings question, but clearly that does. I'm guessing that poster behind you. Is <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, it, it was easier than you thought. Well, that, uh, yeah. Wa- watching it uh, when we first see the question, we're like, "Oh my god!" Like, what is it? both Brian and I look at each other like, yeah. "Okay, like this is ridiculous." But then we get to round two and we see your Lord of the Rings knowledge is like, "Okay, that's it's a little different for for Robert Parker because he <laughs> clearly knows his Middle Earth." Yeah, I think for most people, that's probably the hardest question in that round, because if you watch those movies, even to study the movies for IG, like, it's only said, like, once, maybe twice. It, it is said out loud, uh, which obviously makes it fair game, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's a relatively hard one-pointer for, I think, most people, but, like, I've seen those movies a hundred times, and I, <laughs> not not just seen them, it's just, it's also about knowing them, like, it, you know, you could, you can watch I don't know what's a good example. Like you can watch Star Trek 09 like a, a hundred times and know every single little line, but like it helps to like just be in the community around those mm-hmm. kind of movies. Like the, mm-hmm. for the for the Harry Potters and the Star Treks and the Star Wars. Like when they ask about those little things that are only said once or twice, but if you've been in the discourse about those fandoms, like it, it helps to know those things. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to round two. Um, this is where it started getting a little a little crazy here because Ace ended up going first, and you allowed him to spin first. And so he uh, initially spun Star Trek, which we had mentioned, and yeah. he instantly said no. He's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not for me. Um, and he lands on Harry Potter, and he seems like he he likes the category. Unfortunately, like you had mentioned, and I think what he had said as well, he he feels like he knows the category, but he just answered, or he got some questions that just totally yeah. were around everything he studied. Um, and you ended up walking away with with four steals in that round mm-hmm. for four points, which was a huge swing, even though you're already up. Um, was this a moment of like clarity where you're like, okay, this this is kind of in the bag, or am I not letting it off the you know the foot pedal, or yeah, what was the thought process there? Nothing's ever in the bag for sure. Like you, uh, we anything can happen in the Shmodan. We've seen it happen. We've seen people blow big leads before. It's not unheard of. 
Um, so I definitely was staying focused. I was staying, remaining under calm. I was still taking it one question at a time. Uh, being up by that big of a league going into my spin definitely made me feel confident uh, that, and there weren't really any categories that like I was afraid of, but I was confident that, you know, no matter what category I get here, I just have to do well. I don't have to knock out of the park. I have to do well. And then I'm good for the match. And that's something that Kaiser definitely told me. He wasn't on camera for the wheel spin, but he was like <laughs> two feet away from me right next to me. Uh, so he was, he was whispering my ear too. Um, I, you know, I never, yeah, I never felt like it was in the bag because anything can happen. I could do make a stupid mistake on two questions. Then boom, that's a four point steal that he gets. Uh, and again, I think Ace is getting ragged on a little bit too much for his knowledge. Like Harry Potter was the category that was spun the most in IG last year. I'm more than any other category, that was the one. So it makes sense that questions are getting deeper. And that's also something that's happening just in all of round twos this year, is like the questions in round two are just all getting harder. So it makes sense that in a category that's already deep, the questions are getting harder already. Um, so I definitely don't think like he doesn't know Harry Potter, he just didn't know those questions. But he made good gameplay decisions by going to multiple choice. He went to multiple yes. choice on every question, Yep. which take it or leave it, you know, there's certain strategies certain people adopt to versus others, but I tend to think against, like, he, he saw what I did in round one, so he knows that I know Harry Potter. Uh, he even, again, it, it got kind of like after he spun it, he's like, you know this category pretty well, right? And I, like, tried to keep a straight <laughs> face. <laughs> like, so he obviously knew that I knew the category, so get, going for two and then missing, that gives up even more steals, so I, I think strategically, he played the round really well, actually. Yeah, and he had a question um, where he thought he knew the question, but then he ended up going to multiple choice and he ended up picking the wrong answer mm -hmm. uh, in multiple choice. So the strategy for him was clearly there. It was just a matter of the questions being, you know, like we had mentioned around his knowledge of, of the category. Yeah. Just out, just outside of his wheelhouse. So you had, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Harry Potter and MCU as your strengths on the, maybe on the, I didn't pick them. <laughs> oh, you do. Ah, okay. okay. I, so I, I, I was not like so uh in singles and teams you hear about like oh I put this on the wheel or I put this uh -huh. on the wheel. That's not really a thing in your geekdom, at least in your first couple matches. Like you're always gonna get those eight categories, the eight core categories, the core in your geekdom categories is what I call them. So your Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel MCU, DC DCEU, Harry Potter, Middle Earth. Those are gonna be on every inner geekdom wheel, those eight. And then the other four are going to be some combination of mixed bag, heroes and villains, heroes, villains, scores and soundtracks. Movie like it's just going to be some amalgamation yeah. of other categories. But you're always going to get those core eight, which is why anybody like coming to the division trying to play at the highest level needs to know inside and out those core eight. Like you look at your Chandrus, your Mikes, your Smetzes, your Hannahs, your Maras, Rachel, like those people of those core eight, none of them is a weakness. So I obviously knew coming in that like I had to know all of those categories. Um, but as as far as the strengths at the beginning of the match, yeah, I we don't pick categories to put on the wheel. So I didn't like request this specific category to get put on the wheel. I didn't say, okay, put MCU and Harry Potter on for me. Um, I, they might have asked Kaiser, and he might have said that. That <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I. I don't know how those got decided. They might have just randomized the IG categories and said, okay, well, for Parker, we're going to put on these two. Um, so I, I think, especially for rookies, because they don't really know yeah. an IG. And like, you know, in singles or teams for rookies, they can just say the categories that they put on the wheel, but you don't know that for IG. So I think they just kind of threw on categories and it just happened to 
also kind of align with my strengths too. So I don't know. So you're definitely confident then with uh, a Middle Earth type category. It's not like one. Yeah. You're like, oh crap. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. since you picked it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my uh, so my nickname in the Shimonon is the Spider, but I was in the fan leagues for three years, and or. Yeah, this month is my three-year anniversary in the fan leagues, and my nickname there was the Hobbit. So it like that—that's not, it, you know, it. you, you, I've played you know dozens and dozens of matches in the fan leagues, so you can go there and find that pretty easily. I don't feel bad about like exposing my strengths <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. because in every single match that I've ever played for three years, like they introduced me as that. So yeah, it's definitely not uncommon knowledge that though that category is something I know well, like I'm, I'm in the upcoming Lord of the Rings exhibition match, all these kind of things. Makes what, sense. which nickname do you like more the Hobbit or the spider? I like them both for different reasons. Uh, I think the Hobbit is something that is a little bit more true to me as a person. Uh, but the spider, like the, the Shmodan is supposed to be dialed up versions of care, like characterized mm -hmm. versions of ourselves. So uh, the Hobbit doesn't quite, in the Schmodown for a number of reasons like it's a little bit you know it's not intimidating like oh you're coming up against the <laughs> hobbit like it, it's I, you know, <laughs> it's 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 not really an intimidating name it's not like a you know a ufc name or like anything like that so i i get why it was switched spider works my last name spider was my nickname yeah. when yeah. i was in sports when i was younger so it works i like i like them all for different reasons Cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we move on to your category. And like we've been talking about, you got middle earth. You went four for four for eight points. Um, ended up with a KO, which huge, huge for the faction. Um, yeah. You guys walked away with four points. It And we'll talk about the standings a little bit later on the show, but it swung you guys in a direction that you've been needing for a couple weeks now. Um, and it could be that, that one thing, like we see it in sports all the time, the one momentum swing that really shifts everything in a high gear for you guys. And I'm sure Kaiser was absolutely pumped because we all we see is the post interview like mm -hmm. what was his like honest real reaction outside of the cameras to to the win after uh, we re-recorded our post match like right away when the mass match was over and like i didn't really the post match was the only thing i didn't really prep anything for like i, mm -hmm. I didn't want to presume that i didn't want to presume that i was going to win because obviously i know that ace is a smart guy about movies i didn't want to presume that like i was going to get an ox so like i i didn't prep any like words basically as, as weird as that is i didn't really prep anything for the post match and i should have um <laughs> but uh right after the post, post match was over we walked out of the studio into just like the bigger general room we sat down we had a hug we like we talked exactly about what you said like this is big for the dungeon this is a huge mm -hmm. momentum swing because even going into my match which added to the pressure behind the scenes like the dungeon still hadn't won a match by the time i was up it, the, everything came out in the same release order like yeah I, earlier that day we had seen butcher boys versus the pride we had seen wit versus sullivan mm -hmm. we had like so i i just kaiser played three times that day my match was the last of the day and he was you know i couldn't let him go over three yeah. uh yeah. so i it definitely was you could feel that momentum swing in the moment for the dungeon as well as soon as the match was over it was okay you know this isn't you know don't count kaiser out quite yet because this like this ace up his sleeve kind of thing, this whole this whole crazy scheme of drafting and Robert Bart, like it it could work. Um, so that that was definitely it was felt in the moment for sure. Definitely, because for me, when I said when we did uh, the match, I had said if they don't win this, it's the dungeons in deep 
crap. Like they don't yeah. have their, they don't have much to look forward to. Yeah. But then directly afterwards, when you win and we see those four points, and then realize, holy cow, you can do that. Smets can do that. And that puts you guys right back into the first place, that area. We were all like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this was actually kind of a genius idea. And it literally turns everyone's thinking around. Yeah, definitely. And it it didn't help that like the, the matches earlier that day were like, they were kind of close losses for the dungeon. Like Wit versus Sullivan is like a really, really, really good match. And Adam played really well, like knowledge wise, strategically at a few bumps, but like played the knowledge really well. Butcher Boys versus the Pride, Kaiser took that loss really hard. Um, so yeah, it definitely was a sort of, well, you know, a, the Video Drew team match didn't go my way. The Star Wars match, the Butcher Boys team match, you know, it just, it wasn't, oh, oh, it just wasn't working. Uh, for Kaiser, and then I was able to turn around, and yeah, everybody was. I had a few people, like a few players and some personalities, be like, "Wow, so Kaiser's not an idiot." They're like, he, "He's <laughs> he's not a fool." Like he, this crazy hatch scheme could turn out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. So that was definitely it, a mood that everybody kind of realized as soon as that match was over. It definitely because it kind of it was starting to look like, dude, Kaiser really kind of didn't put too much thought into it. It seemed like, and then it was like, Oh, he did. We just didn't see it. And now it's in fruition. And now everyone's starting to realize, Oh crap. He might've figured out a way around it. And now you, I mean, you two could just rake up points and then whatever, anything else, anyone else has get just be extra. So, I mean, that that was something that we were a little bit bummed when the IG tournament was canceled. Yeah, uh, that could have been big. Yeah. Totally understand why. Absolutely uh-huh. understand yeah, why. Uh, because you, you know, that's league matches. It's online. It's just a different atmosphere. The one thing that's really, really one of the things that's very, very special about the Schmodown is the production value. It is being in studio. It's having the graphics. It's having the in person. You're sitting across the desk from that person, right next to them. It's the managers in person. It's the uh, audience. It, it that's one of the really special things about the Shmodan is the atmosphere that it's shot in. So I totally understand why they didn't want to do league matches online. Um, but that was definitely something when we heard it would might have been an opportunity for us to start raking up some points. Yeah. Uh, and then that was taken away. That was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's the one thing that I think out of this year with everything going on, it's the one thing that I want outside of like the live events and everything that's kind of happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, the last time we had an IG tournament was the incredible run by Mara and that match with Rachel Cushing and everything yeah. that happened inside that, that, and, that tourney. I mean, we could have gotten yeah. something like that all, all over again. Yeah. And Mike's running that tourney too. People forget exactly, that, like, exactly. that the 2018 yeah. intergeekdom tournament is like kind of a wild time for yes. the showdown. Yes. Like, Arguably, like I, I think Smets is in the conversation now after Spectacular, but like, arguably, th- the three greatest IG players of all time, or at least three of the top four. I think. Yes. I think guaranteed three oh, yeah. of the top four Intergeekdom players of all time, at their peak, at the top of their game. It was Rachel at the best she was playing that. It was Mike knocking out three people in a row. It was Mara coming in and making her rookie run like that that tournament was huge and exactly like that could have been something that we could have seen again but uh, again I, I totally understand it it just that's something that we could have seen happen again for this division which i don't think that division gets enough 
of a spotlight enough credit, but it is what it is, and the world has gone crazy, and I think actually Christian and the Shimoda in general have done a really good job yes. of handling it with like Great exhibitions job. that are starting to come out. Like I, I think they pivoted in a way that's going to work. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, and uh, we we have mentioned a couple times on on the show is that um, 2020, you know, for the Schmodown, a lot of it, a lot of it's heavy Star Wars and Inner Geekdom because the divisions are on the rise. They're yeah. you know singles and and teams are you know the flagship ones, and they have been for years. But with the amount of players like you and Smets last year, and you have Sean Sullivan in the Star Wars division, and mm-hmm. you know Laura Kelly in her run last year, and all these people are coming up in these divisions that are not just regular movie trivia. We could see, you know, after this year and kind of how long everything is going, we could see a regular yearly thing for an IG tournament, or maybe star Wars becomes so big that they find a way to do something like that in that division as well. And I think it'd be great because we've seen it be successful in the past. Um, And maybe with everything going on now, it's kind of like an eye opening decision of fans, you know, wanting it and christian maybe just think thinking like you know maybe this is something we need to do on a yearly basis because ig in our minds to us is arguably just as big as singular teams because a lot of the internet community they're geeky and that's kind of what they like and getting more of that and having more people competed it is just gonna you know add more to be like yeah we do need a tournament every year yeah ig is more popular than ever there were people who uh like it's so much so that there was a poll that was put up by christian last year asking should kalinowski v smets be the the main event of spectacular yeah like and it didn't win the poll but like the the fact that that's even a question worth asking to the mass audience i think shows how popular inner geekdom is how uh popular the players who play inner geekdom are and obviously people love singles people love teams singles and teams I think will probably always be heralded as yeah, flagship yeah. divisions as they should be because I, they're a completely different league. Um, but Intergeekdom, I definitely think uh, it, it is coming for Intergeekdom and Star Wars to really like have a bigger spotlight than they have been, especially this season, the new era, like especially with the whole manager thing, you know, there was a lot of talk around the draft of when do you start picking a Star Wars or an Intergeekdom player? They count for more points. Who has guaranteed matches already? Mm-hmm. All that kind of talk. I think that really, you know, I'm all for sparking more talk around Intergeekdom and Star Wars. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Let me, let me ask you, if you could have gone back and chose between going, coming in during the kind of like finding yourself, you don't really have a manager and doing what you have now. Is there any chance you would have done the other way? Or are you just like, this was the best way for me to come in? I'm very, very happy with how it's been going so far. Uh, and that's a testament to Kaiser and Smets and Drew and the rest of the dungeon. Like, like I said, it feels like family. And I think that was kind of the intention is not only do you want the audience to kind of buy into and really support these teams, you also want the players themselves to feel so interlocked. Uh, and that has happened with the dungeon 100%. So I'm very glad that it's happened how it has. I also think that... You know, I, I would have been okay coming in last season. Uh, Christian has talked about an SCM uh, a few times that, like, it was thrown around where I might have come in last season. Uh, certain things didn't go the right way logistically and with certain people winning certain matches. Ultimately, it worked out how it sh- how it was supposed to because uh, had I come in last season, you know, it would have thrown a wrench in the ending to the Kalinowski cushion saga would have thrown a wrench into Smets getting his redemption off of collision. Like it, it, it all the IG, the 
arc of the IG season worked out exactly how it was supposed to last season. Um, so yeah, I'm very glad to come in in this era where there is a manager. I think trivia-wise, I probably would do similarly, um, or at least would like I I prepare myself because Smets and I run dungeon drills together. So like, I trivia-wise, I think I would have been about in a similar place that I'm at now, um, but confidence-wise and the fact that I do have to travel, so having somebody have my back yeah, for like yeah. where I need to stay, that's like awesome. that that's huge for me. And mm -hmm. not every player has to deal with that, but the me and the Pauliyama and the Chancellor, like uh, yeah. the James White, like the people who have to like legitimately travel, it is so nice to have somebody like have your back and be in contact about like, okay, when are you getting to LA? When do you land? When's your plane take off your time? Like all this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. So that I think is something that not a lot of people think about. And I think it's really understated how important that is to people who travel. That's, That's a really awesome. good point. Um, all right. I got two questions before we move on yeah. to, to Brian Schmodown of old. Um, first, how do you feel about cutting promos? And second, you had said in the post, you had said in the post interview that, and this was a while ago, cause you filmed it a while ago mm -hmm. that um, you don't really have anybody in mind who you want to play next. Has that changed right now? Um, I'll answer the second question first. So okay. it's definitely changed a uh, little peek behind the curtain. This was shot before Atlanta. Um, so a while, yeah, I, a while ago. I, yeah, quite a while ago. Um, obviously like they, them going down to only releasing a match a mm -hmm. week. That's why it like took so long for it to come out. Um, so that like Atlanta kind of changed the, the crash that I did at Atlanta changed like as far as me calling out the entire league and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that um so you know I, I didn't know what to say like i said i hadn't prepped anything for the post match and you could tell like i didn't know how to answer that question in the moment you know two weeks later three weeks later a week i don't remember how far away it was in atlanta i knew what i was gonna say i like i i knew who to call out all that kind of stuff so but honestly like as far as how I was feeling when the match was over, uh, I felt confident at the end of that post-match when they wrapped up filming that I could get back on that desk in 30 seconds and play anybody in the history of the division. And like, I'm, I'm not ah. saying, and, and, and not, not saying that I would guaranteed win or knock everybody out, but I would feel good about my chances at the end of that match. And that was a few months ago and things have changed now. And I haven't studied as much recently because <laughs> the world, yeah. um, but I felt really, really good coming off that match that I, I had a good chance against anybody. Realistically, who do I think is going to be next? There's a couple people, Damon, obviously in Atlanta from the crash. That's who, I, that's who exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah. Like Damon, yeah. Damon would be great. If he can, if we can both, once we're, you know, free to travel, that kind of stuff, both want to know, uh, Damon would be great. Hannah would be great. I think, I definitely think I need somebody with, no offense to Asol, he was working in this division too, so somebody with a little bit more clout, um, mm -hmm. I think is kind of the next step for me, because it's the same, like, people will people will discredit uh, how well I played and how well Smets played when he was coming up, because of the people we were playing against. Like, oh, who cares Absolutely. if he played a perfect game? It was against a rookie, or who cares if he just got three knockups in a row? Smets just played three people who all had ring rust. Like, <laughs> People will discredit that, even though we still played perfect or near perfect. Like wins uh, are wins, no matter exactly, how you do it. Exactly. So I think somebody. Yeah, you kind of came. Bit... You, you kind of came in like being talked about if you were like six and zero, oh, and it almost kind of like which is crazy. <laughs> and it almost and I can totally see where it kind of hurts you in that and ace in the aspect of like people are like, yeah, he sh should have won that. That's exactly yeah. what should have happened. But I mean, they forget that was literally 
both of you's zero and zero first match. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sucks in a way because you kind of don't get that like come up of like a mm -hmm. normal because you're already like people are like you're he's 10 and 0 basically Exa in mind. Exactly. Like Smets Smets came in and like he had already by the time his first match aired, Christian had already like picked him as his rookie to watch and that kind of thing. But like people didn't know him. Like mm -hmm. people didn't hear about him until like yep. after his first match and he only missed one question. Like, oh my what a monster and then his next yeah. two matches both still knockouts against people who had played the division before monster like he kind of built up that aura around himself um where he you know gained those halls because he was so crazy good uh i had a very different scenario like gameplay wise yeah. we had a very similar story but like i came in with three years of experience playing a game that's not the same as the Shmodan, but it's something similar. The format is similar. It's not the same. The questions are similar. They're not the same, so, but that's still experience. Um, and then also the draft, the high pick, and the crazy Kaiser thing. Like, I, I definitely came in with a different level of pressure than like a Smets did. But that that really drove me to do well. So yeah, and, and I, I'm ready to take on anybody uh, I think that likely it'll be somebody who is a little bit more well-regarded uh, than another rookie or like an 0-1 player or something like that. Uh, and then what was the first question? Oh, the, the pre-match. Promos, promos. Promos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so promos, um, it's interesting. I think the promo that was edited, the fully edited promo package uh, for my match against Ace was spectacular. Nerd Chronic, yeah. like killing yeah. it on the editing. Yeah. The whole so like. Good. Yeah, exactly. Like bringing in uh, the very start of the season with Christian, like announcing that mm -hmm. I'm going to be in the league up through the draft. It cuts over to Winston, cuts back to us. Like really, really well edited, well filmed. Like got me hyped for the match. I'm like, oh man, who's going to win? Like I, I, <laughs> I had known for two months. Um, but as far as like what I was saying, like we we tried a lot of different stuff in the promo. Kaiser is the best as far as like he he's has literally stuff. the best promo person. He is. He has stuff prepped. Yes, I, I completely agree. He's the best mouse. He's the best mouthpiece in the league. Over Dagnino, <laughs> over Knapsack, like over. I don't know. Kate, Kate, Kate puts Kate's some money great. out there. Kate puts Kate's some money great. out there. <laughs> there's a I lot feel like just this stuff though. She doesn't. Yeah, she's yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. There are uh, exactly. There's a lot of great promo cutters in the Shmodown. I think Kaiser's the best. So I was able to play off him a little bit. Um, they they cut uh, some stuff. They left in some stuff as far as the promos. Um, I felt good, you know, walking out of the promo room that day. I felt good about what I had said, what I had did. Um, a decent amount of it was cut, but a decent amount of aces and Winston's was cut. That just that happens yeah. in the editing yeah. process. So ultimately coming out, I felt more confident than I was going in because uh, that's never really been my strong suit. Like I, I enjoy public speaking. I enjoy like, you know, kind of getting in character and trash talking, uh, but that's not like my A game. Um so yeah, I I still have a lot of improvement to make in that aspect, and that's something that Kaiser and I are working a lot on. That's something that the nerves didn't help a lot, but ultimately I feel better now than I did. I I imagine that that helped with when you cut in Atlanta, right? Because Atlanta yes. was after. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Absolutely. Which like weirdly like the the few weeks before the match dropped, like obviously we had already known what was going to happen for them. So I was obviously feeling pressure. I was feeling nerves. I was feeling like the hype a little bit uh, going into my match, but the amount of hype and like talk like doubled 
after Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Like from the, like the month of March, there was just so much more hype, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad I'm I've already played." <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that like I'm so glad that now there's all this like now that Atlanta has happened. I'm so glad that I have already shot this. <laughs> so that like I don't have to now three weeks after Atlanta now go into my debut like yeah, I yeah. um but yeah I it, 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 already having cut a promo Atlanta definitely helped uh Kaiser wasn't there in Atlanta but him and I were talking a lot once we found out that I was going to be crashing me and Smets were talking a lot once we found out I was going to be crashing um so yeah, Atlanta was a fun time. It was interesting because uh, I like ran down the 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 side and like <laughs> yeah. let, you saw you it at the pro. I like I yeah. Yeah, w- yeah, 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 onto yeah. the stage. Like that was a lot of fun, and just kind of being up there in front of the crowd was a lot of fun. So yeah, Atlanta Ooh. was Atlanta was a good time. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get to Brian's quick review yeah, yeah, yeah. of these old reaction uh, or these old uh, matches. Excuse me. Um, this has been really fun for me because I've been watching from the very beginning, and these are a lot of matches I haven't seen in years. Um, he just watched the blue fairy match last week, uh, which was oh, awesome. Wow. Nice. Um, and so yeah. Brian, what are, what are the matches you checked out this past week, man? Uh, so I just started season two. So, uh, for me, this is teams. This is the mm-hmm. introduction of teams. Nice. I didn't yep. know that. I thought just eventually they would both be doing both, and, yeah. but it's literally, this is the team season. Uh, so my first one was team Jedi versus team newbie, which was, um, Miri and Sasha versus Ken and Mike Block. Yeah, Black, Miri and Sasha. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, and um, it. God, that was the loudest match I've ever. They what? That's all. all that's all. The, Sasha. Sasha is like the loudest yeah. person on the planet Earth. Yeah, and <laughs> they, she was like, they, she was around in the. Sorry, I mean, she was she was around in like no, the no, no. community. Yeah, she was around in that yeah. community. She was a big personality in that sphere at that time. So her debut was like really hyped up. Mm-hmm. And teaming yeah. with with Miri too, who had Miri is one of the more popular people to ever be a part of Schmoes No. She was the producer at the time, um, being on AMC and then Schmoes No. So them together was awesome. Yeah. So um, that one shockingly went to overtime uh, because they at the very end caught up to on their last question. Uh, Ken and them went off zero a zero bet and they went full and then it tied them and I went to overtime <laughs> nice. and they beat them off some point score. Um, and they won off of, let me see if either of you know the answer to this. How many brothers in saving private Ryan does private Ryan have two? No, three, three. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Three, three. Yeah, and so three, the girls, yeah. the girls just threw out three and then, they threw out four and they the, the old out. days were risking in the Schmodown really didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. The format, yeah. it's, it's crazy to like, it's so interesting to uh, talk to somebody who's looking at those matches for the first time because yep. the format was so different. Yes. Like, like I said, I started oh, it's watching wild. It's crazy. Even, it's even, wild. even 2016, like until they really hit like, 2017 the kicking off the 2017 season with everybody using whiteboards in round one yep. and like and i love some of those 2016 matches and i love some of those early matches as well but like seeing the format evolve is so so interesting because it really is 
Yeah, because even in like 2016, where you're like, okay, you get three questions, you get three questions, you get yep. three. Like, it's just so different. It it's just so much more standardized now. So to go back and like think, oh wow, wow, this really was how it was. Like that's that's a crazy <laughs> feeling, and it's so interesting to hear that from somebody who's watching for the first time. Well, that's why it's, it's so much because... fun for me. It's so fun yeah. to hear yeah. you talk about this. Well, and it's funny because this was the first match that they sat at the table and not the couch, and I was like, oh, ah, things are completely different now. <laughs> so uh, yeah. But then I went into uh, Team Machinima versus Team Profiles. I had no clue Elliot Dewberry has been around this long. Oh, yeah, yeah. they yeah. were Machinima. No and clue. They turned into ETC. Yeah. 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 And so uh, it was uh, Ricky Hayberg and Elliot Dewberry versus Alicia Malone and Scott Mance. And, yeah, and again, that was Alicia Malone and Scott Mance were like a power team when this, when this, season was going on mm-hmm. um and they lost uh at some point in the next year or so to a crazy match but yeah i remember ricky and elliot they, they were the fun people that they are now ricky eventually became a manager for elliot but um yeah that that's that's super funny that they were involved back then too i forgot about that if i'm if i'm remembering the match right this is also the one where like I think Alicia and Scott do lose this match, and I think it's because of the they format. Did. I think they lose out. Oh, the is it this round. match? They, oh, yeah, they lose because Scott Mance can't do math. Oh, yeah, uh, that's in, like, that's exactly what it was. Right. That's good. Like, great call. That is. Oh my! I told which you. Which is like, that's a, exactly. What, one of the craziest like moments from like that yep. entire season. Like again, at the time, you think Scott Mance and Alicia Malone, two of the like greatest minds in like movie criticism yes. and in the movie 100%. space, like incredibly smart people about movies. And then Ricky and Elliot, who are like these two like yahoos, which <laughs> really great, funny, funny guys. But you've never expected them to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, wow, I can't yeah, believe no, it. And, that's that's wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah, Christian Lilly was. On him, you ruined half the brackets, at least if not all of them, <laughs> yeah. because of this 100%, match. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yes, no, you are absolutely right. That's literally what I have in my notes: is that they was a complete <laughs> Scott Man screwed up the math. Yeah, on the betting round, he just bet the yep. wrong amount, and then they lost. Yep, and literally cost them the match. And then my last one was uh, Team Geek versus Team Bob. Uh, which was awesome. Campia and Tiffany Smith versus JTE and Finstock. Yeah, what a ish show that one was <laughs> with the people that were on it, and uh, it was literally just basically Campia versus JTE. To be yeah. completely honest, that hundred percent, hundred percent, and that that was my first time seeing Campia compete. I didn't okay. even really know he, he competed, yeah. to be honest. And um, like I said, those two carried it, and then Team Bob won off that final question. So. Uh, JTE just went around right in front of the camera the whole entire time. Campia is <laughs> pissed off, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and- Campia, you'll, you'll see it later on, Brian. But um, Campia took place when the Schmodown revamped into like the studio version, like league that it is now. He was the first match against Dan Merle. Yeah, that and- was 2016. Mm. That was it. Was, it was- they started like the trash talking online. They did all mm-hmm. that, um, and so he was. And then he eventually went to the desk and he competed in one more match. Um, later on in, uh, and he dropped, came out as like a Canadian or something, but he was a desk guy after that. But yeah, you'll see more of him a little bit later on. Yeah. He, he sprinkled in, in season, uh, he has that season three match against Dan. And then he sprinkled in, in season four a little bit. Like he plays one IG match. He plays like a couple of star Wars matches. He plays a team's match here and there. like he, so he, he has a couple more, but like, this is definitely, um, 
he's definitely not one of the ones who like sticks around competing for too too long. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's he's always been a little bit more favorable to the desk. He likes announcing yeah. more so than playing. Yeah. But yeah, Team Bob. Yeah, it was Box Office Breakdown. Team Box Office Breakdown. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. They're so fun together. That and that Finn, tournament is Finn's a crazy time. Yeah, Finn, at the end, Finn sucks walking around like this, like he and Christian's <laughs> literally yelling and going, "You did absolutely nothing." Get yeah, out of the camera! Yeah. Like <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. Not gonna lie, it's exactly so, why. So when it revamped, this is the reason why Finstock became a manager, not a player, because of because he can see what he can do as a manager. You know, he played a little bit a little bit later on, but. He's so much more suited as a manager than he is a player. Yeah. Not to mention Tiffany Smith, his, her, her little proposal to him with the ring pop. Oh, that was, yeah. that, was that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Where yep. she reversed it on him and he's like, I'll say yes to anything you have to ask me. So yes. Like <laughs> that's awesome. But, that's awesome. but well, yeah, that was my three recap. that I watched. Yeah. Great recap this week. Those are three awesome matches. A lot of good memories for those. Um, but let's before we get out of here, let's let's go ahead and run through these these uh standings real quick. Not a lot of change, but obviously because yeah, uh, Roberts win, there has been quite a big of a jump this week. There is a jump. Uh, we finally have uh, a little bit of change. Uh Finstock Exchange still at first place with uh six, 16 points. Uh the den is currently in second with 10. Swag is sitting in third with seven. And we have uh, the Burning Droogs at four, the usual suspects at five, and six is the Rock Stars with four points. Uh, there's a three way for four points right there. And oh, excuse me, let me just change that because seven is the dungeon with also four points <laughs> yep. off of this last win. Uh, sitting in eighth is Corky Mercs with three, and Corruption is in the last place at nine with two points. So we have fourth through seventh place all with four points yeah uh it's it's big obviously we talked about it beforehand but um ig and star wars are the achilles heel of this league right now as far as points go how with the standings and everything and when you walk away with a ko um not just a t i mean even a tko really uh either or it's going to jump you up the standings in a case like this for you guys uh huge huge victory and you know applause all around for for taking that in your own hands for a little bit and getting you guys on the board Thank you. Yeah, that the the stats are really interesting because, like, you know, everybody said it was so early in the season, but now it's not so early in the season. Yeah. But the points are still relatively close. Like, Finstock mm -hmm. Exchange is a, a little bit ahead of the pack, but like, honestly, like two and three through seven are like two matches apart from each other. Yep. Yeah. You know, if depending when this all starts up again once they start shooting new matches again you know a little bit of luck in one faction's way as far as matchmaking as far as decisions in a match like it's it's still kind of anyone's game it really is like we were saying i mean off of kaiser's you and smets i mean you two each win two the way you just did you're literally tied in first place yeah but i mean that's that simple yeah yeah i mean finstock exchange has to start losing Exactly. Uh, which is not something that they're great at. But if they start <laughs> each other, that becomes a different issue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's also really interesting to like see um, what players have like won points for their teams. Like if you look at the draft, like mm -hmm. in my, I just I just think this is something fun to think about. Is like if you look at like Quirky Mercs, for example, their top three draft picks haven't gotten them any points. Mm -hmm. Like Bi Bibiani and Brendan Meyer haven't scored points in the first four months of this season, 
which yeah. is kind of crazy. Like they haven't had a lot of matches, but still. Mm-hmm. But you know where their points are from? The real rejects. <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's that's, that's just so weird. Or like um, you look at rock stars. Like their top two draft picks haven't earned any points this season. But you know who has? Like a. Alex Damon, their third round draft pick at, in a live event, like in a definitive way. I just think it's in interesting. In Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, it's really interesting to see uh, who has kind of, uh, who on each team has kind of started to get those points from the matches that they played in. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of, a lot of newer uh, rookies or, or even sophomores play early on the season, which, you know, rightfully so. Um but it's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks because a lot of the matches that are coming up are spread out pretty evenly throughout the yeah throughout the factions. And you guys have one coming up with Eric Zipper um, has a chance of getting you guys some points up against Stacey Howard. But you just mentioned the Real Rejects because they won. They're playing again right after that. So mm-hmm. they have a chance of getting their faction some more points. So it's going to be very interesting to see over the next month or so as the or the next couple of weeks um, before we run out of matches, unfortunately, um, what happens with these points. So. Brian, any final yeah. thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm I'm so excited for these exhibition matches to, and to yes. see how that works with everything because I think it's a genius way to keep us keep going and we get to see you do Lord of the Rings and it's I'm excited Wait, for what's coming. Have you filmed that yet? Uh, or can you even say? I maybe. Don't know if I maybe. Can maybe. Say. Maybe. I'll ask maybe. this: how, how much are you looking forward to to actually doing a full on Lord of the Rings one? I'm very much looking forward to this, okay. uh, especially because of the people who are involved. Like all, I think all the exhibitions, honestly, like as far as who's playing them, almost all of them are like really, really good cards. Like you look at the the one that's coming up soon, like the champ on versus champ versus champ one. Like that's going to be a great match. That's going to be awesome. um. Yeah, like, uh, like not only the categories that these people are playing in, but who they got to play in each of them, I think is fantastic. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I showed a little bit of what I could do in my match, but I'm excited to get even more questions. Uh, and against people who also know their stuff, Smets obviously, like, anything IG is his. So yeah. I'm excited to see how, like, how he does in that match. Him and I have been running dungeon drills. Uh, doing our reps to each other, we trying a to get drill the... shirt now. Exactly, yeah, yeah right. A t-shirt, that's good. Our yeah. our goal, that's Kaiser coined that term, doing the dungeon drills <laughs> at the dungeon reps. Uh, so you know we've been helping train each other for that match because we want to be the last two. We want to be going at it. We want it to sort of yeah. foreshadow should we eventually play an inner geekdom. Smart. Um, and I I think Ben Goddard is an underrated Lord of the Rings man. He didn't do that great when he got the category in his singles debut. You know. Uh, I was a little skeptical. He put it on the wheel and then he got five out of eight points in it. Yeah. Um, and that's with singles level questions. So I was a little bit skeptical, um, but I, I do think he knows his stuff. And I think Alex Damon is a really underrated uh, middle earth mind as well. I think people know him as the star Wars guy, but I think he's going to be good in that category as well. So I'm very much excited yeah. to see uh, how it all goes down. Yeah. That'll be interesting. And if I might be wrong on this, but are you doing the MCU one or no? I'm not, but I think the card for that. Oh, I don't remember. It's the card. The card is stacked from what I remember. I think it's like Jay Washington, Sean Gerber. Um, I should just pull the video. I I can't remember the other two. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good card. It's people who know their stuff in MCU. I'm, I'm not personally playing in it, but yeah, I think the, the dungeon is actually in quite a few of these exhibitions. You know, Good. Kaiser's playing Dagnino. Uh, Smets and I are both in the Lord of the Rings one. Smets that. is in the champ one. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there, uh, Smets is in the Back to the Future one. Like, the, the dungeon is represented pretty well in a lot of these exhibitions. So I'm excited to see, like, it may not be for faction points, but for bragging rights to see how well the dungeon can do in some of these exhibitions. I I thought I would have to pay to watch a Kaiser versus Dagnino type match. Yeah, and that's going to be a fun one. I cannot wait for that one. The, yeah. the NBA, MCU is Jay Washington, Eric Zipper. Uh, Zipper, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Winston and then Sean Gerber. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so yeah, four. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, Robert, we can't thank you enough for joining us today, man. It was really fun to have you um, talk your match and kind of get to know you a little bit more. And uh, yeah. we're forward to seeing you more. You know, if this all clears up soon, we get more matches in the can. Because um, it definitely, after your first match, looks like you're going to have a bright future in the showdown, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys so much for having me on. This was genuinely a lot of fun. I love coming on these things. You guys are both great. I love thank you. the way yeah. you guys do your show. Like that's not even just me saying that. Like I said it off air too. I I love this show. I love listening to it every week. So I'm very very honored that to have be on and keep good keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Um, yeah. And we'll definitely we'll definitely reach out to have you on uh, whenever your match or maybe even after your exhibition match airs. Sure. Uh, reach out and have you back on for that one. So, uh, Brian, as always, thank you for joining me on the show, man. Love talking to you with you. Awesome. Do it weekly. Guys, uh, thank you for joining us, whether on audio or YouTube. Um, check us out at Shmodown POV on Twitter. Um, just search a uh, certain point of view on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. You can find our show. We are out um, now shifting to Tuesdays. As we mentioned last week, the show's going to be on Tuesdays. So check that out. Again, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you guys next week.